We got hit with so many typicallys and uniques. Well, that's unique. We don't really see that very much. Yeah, typical or unique. Aiden was unique today, or there was right. something typical today. Oh, yes, that is very typical. We see it all the time. Oh, don't worry about it. That's typical. Oh, every child is unique, so we can't say what is typical. You know, that's typical. See you later. You know. We call it the typical unique conversation. Welcome back to Typically Unique. I'm Kim Aponte, and I'm here with my husband, Carlos. Hello. And we're going to go a little off script for the first time today. Um, special episode. Special episode. So we finished all the AML, Bruton stuff with Aiden, and um, we're going to be maybe doing some other things in the future, but today is September 9th, a couple mm-hmm. days uh, prior to the anniversary of September 11th, uh, year 22. And um, so we wanted to talk a little bit about that. We wanted to spend some time talking about our memories of September 11th and um, talk about what we feel like uh, today. So Yeah, I feel like every year at this time, you just start thinking about it again. I mean, I know it comes always comes back up on the news and everything, but, you know, for our generation, our age, you know, we were young parents at the time. It, it had a huge effect on us. And, uh, you know, so in 2001, you know, we were just reflecting back on our age and what was going on in our lives at that time. And, you know, we had been married for about four years. Um, we had been in our house for a about probably a year, I would guess. Pretty close, yeah. Um, our kids were three and two. Um, and, you know, we were just, you know, young in our careers and, you know, living life and raising our little kids. And um, we had, even that summer um, in July, took a trip with my best friend and her husband and we had went to Mexico what, what was the city in yeah, Mexico uh, um, uh, like Port- Porta something yeah Puerto Vallarta I <laughs> think Vallarta, is where we yeah. went you know <laughs> and uh, so you know of course you fly there and then when September 11th happens you're like whoa like feel I felt like we had just gotten back you know from that trip and you know safe to say that was the last flight <laughs> trip we took for a while. A while, yeah, that's for sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, just reflecting back on that a little bit, you know, Kim's not a flyer to begin with. She does not like I will, because I want to get where I'm yeah, going. Yeah, she, she, you know, if if pressed, yeah, if she wants to go someplace, we'll, we'll get on a plane. But it's not her favorite uh, mode of transportation, yeah. I think it's fair to say. Yeah, and, um you know, but back then in 2001, it was pretty laxed, you know, I mean, we were yeah. going in and out of terminals and, you know, very little, um, you know, some security, but not as much as, as we have today. So um, I think the big thing from that, though, was when this event happened, we kind of looked back and was like, oh, my gosh, what if we would have flown this trip, you know, because um, mm-hmm. a lot of people were stuck and, you know, a lot of things that we'll probably talk about. But um but yeah, I mean, it was a fun trip. Glad we did it. Did we even need a passport at that time to get into oh, Mexico? Um, I don't think. I don't maybe know. not. I don't, I don't think so. Don't maybe not think Mexico. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, I don't think with Canada and Mexico you had to at that right, time. Yeah, so good things point. have really changed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was teaching um, at a school that I'm not at anymore. Um, it was uh, a few minutes from my house, neighborhood school, um, teaching fifth grade. Um, and had a great group of colleagues that I worked with at the time. So I remember being there, and you were working at a company. I was working at a manufacturing company, and I'll start because your story is twice as crazy as mine. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> I was working at a manufacturing company, and um, a colleague of mine had come in and said, uh, I, I guess I should set it up better, that he was a volunteer fireman. So back then they had pagers and he got an emergency page that said um, mm. a, a plane had hit uh, the World Trade Center and he had come into my office. Uh, he was working on the manufacturing floor and my office was right next to it and we were good friends. He came in and he's like, Carlos, man, this plane hit the you know, World Trade Center. And I think both of us immediately thought... Um, just a small little plane, you know, hit it. You know, I, we didn't think anything of it. And um, I remember him and I talking and um, I said, well, look, if you hear anything else, let me know. And so we bantered about for about five minutes. He was just about to walk out of my office and his pager went off again. And he said, and he looked at it and this guy who was, you know, big guy like me, went completely white. And I was like, what happened? And he's like, another plane just hit the other World Trade Center and they think we're under attack. And that's all he said. And I think he ran out to go tell other people or to um, call somebody at home. But that's immediately how I found out and what happened. So I'm sitting there in my office like, what do I do? Mm -hmm. <laughs> what do I do? That was my thought. But mm -hmm. you were in front of a group of kids. Well, and it's funny when, <laughs> not funny, it is, uh, I, I'm just thinking that's the way we all heard it, right? It was just, um, you hear about the first plane, and then when you hear the second plane, that's when everybody knows. And, you know, those same words were used to tell me, I'm sure we can all relate, you know, something similar is, are the words that were spoken to us when we found out, right? So yeah, I'm at this school and it was an old school and it doesn't even exist anymore. They told, tore all our old buildings down. It had a weird layout so that, um, it had like a, a more modern addition that was added to it and that's where like the office was and all the, lower grades, kindergarten, first, first, second um, grades. I taught fifth grade, so I was in the old section of the building that was more, the other building was like, you know, one floor. I was in a two-level building, and um, I was on this upstairs level with five other colleagues, and we were like super close. We were like in our own little world up there, and I'm in my classroom for the morning, um, I believe at that time I kept my students all day and and just teaching, you know, going about it. And 
um, one of my colleagues who was a teacher who didn't have a classroom, but she was support staff who would go into the classrooms and help with reading or math, knocked on the door and like, you know, normally we just pop in each other's rooms and, you know, whatever, come hang out, come help teach or whatever. And she's like, you know, I had to come out into the hallway and, I, and that freaked me out right there. I'm like, what's going on? And she was kind of like, I don't, I don't even know how to say this, but uh, a plane, uh, I think she told me at that point that planes had flown into buildings um, in New York City in the World Trade Center and were under attack. And I, th I think the teachers in the building who like knew about the first one didn't want to freak anybody out until, like we said, as soon as you see that second plane, everybody knew. And so then they're like, oh my gosh, we have to tell everybody. So I appreciated her telling me, but I was just standing there like, what? Because <laughs> I was just in the middle of a lesson. And... I stood there for like a brief moment. I'm like, oh my God, I gotta turn around and go back in there and face these kids. And so, you know, like my colleagues like that, that had a little bit more freedom. They had access to the news and to, so they would come and give me updates a little bit. But I turned right around and put a smile on my face and went back to our lesson that we were doing because I didn't feel like I wanted to be the one to tell other people's children what was going on. I mean, I, I would have done it in the softest way possible, but I didn't want to tell them. But then I caught wind that some other teachers were actually watching the news with classes, and then I thought, oh my goodness, my students are going to go outside and be with those kids or be with them at lunch. So I, I did have to tell them like just a little bit that you know something's going on, we're safe. Um, just kind of left it at that. And then when we did get to go to lunch, I finally got to go to a classroom um, and all the teachers who had lunch at that time kind of gathered and we watched the news. And then we were supposed to have conferences that night. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and the principal was kind of like going around to different groups of teachers as he saw them and was kind of getting our, you know, what do you want to do? Should we? Because at this point, parents were coming to the school and getting their kids, just getting their kids and taking them home. And you know, I kind of felt that way too. Like I wanted to be somewhere where I could just know what was going on moment by moment. And he's like, oh, so do you guys still want to have conferences tonight? And we're all like, no. <laughs> like, and how many people do you think are going to come for conferences? You know? Right, right. So yeah, they ended up canceling. And um, I just couldn't wait to get home to But you. you had spent the whole day at school, right? Yeah, all yeah. Up until the day. So, mm -hmm. Unlike me, um, I think after I heard about the second plane, um, I started trying to <clears throat> ferret out what the heck was going on and... Um, I did hear that there was another plane that had hit the Pentagon or something. So at that point, I, I left work. Um, I checked out and went to go pick up our kids and take them home. I wasn't sure what they were going to do with the schools and everything. Like, I didn't know what under attack meant. Yeah. You know, um, so I wanted to get our kids and then figure out what was going to go on with Kim later. You know, if she was going to come home, you know, I at least picked up the kids. But, you know, I had a little bit of leniency because there was nobody reporting to me at the time where you yeah. had 20 some students were like probably wide eyed and like, what the heck's going on? Like, I don't remember <clears throat> necessarily talking to you. Like, I don't remember the conversation, mm -hmm. but I know we spoke because 
I was so comforted by the fact that you had just took it upon yourself and went and got the kids yeah. and went home because I just, you know, you just get that feeling like you, you want to be with your dearest loved ones. Mm -hmm. That was, that was my only focus, like get home because if anything was going to happen, where do you want to be? I wanted to be with you right. and the kids at home. So I got the kids. We were at the house, or I think um, we were at the house at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah we, we're were, we were here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're here. Okay, so we're at the house. I was waiting for Kim to come home. wasn't sure exactly what time that would be, but you know, got the kids kind of doing some stuff, and I was in front of the TV just trying to get all the information I could because I knew when Kim came home, she would want to watch, and we would want to get caught up on what's going on and everything mm -hmm. like that. So about that time when you come home, you know. Every news station was covering this, of course, and we just started watching, you know, the TV replays and everything that was going on. And just mm -hmm. I think in the moment I was just kind of like, oh, my gosh, like this is crazy real. And um, I remember telling Kim, <laughs> I don't know if you remember this, but I remember telling Kim, I was like, the president better yeah. get back to the White House and stand in front of that door and say, come and get me because yeah, he every, kept saying that. everybody's got to be terrified right now. And because we had to wait a long time for him to do that. Like he spoke early yeah. when he was at that school, at that elementary school. Yeah, he Texas gave a statement mm -hmm. and then he was up on Air Force One flying around, flying <laughs> around. And you were like, you know, everybody was speculating. Is he going to a bunker or what, right. what is he going to do? And you're like, he better not. He better <laughs> go right back to that White House and stand on those steps. And <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, because, you know, I was a little bit in fear, you know, not of, mm -hmm. you know, our little city being attacked, but yeah. you know what that meant for everybody and the sense of security and safety and innocence, you know, all that changed yeah. Yeah. in that moment. And we're looking at two little kids, like you're living in a different world from 24 hours ago, right now you're living in a different world. And yeah. it's funny how much things have changed since then because of that. Yep. But, um, I remember literally thinking that like, they're living in a different world from yep. 24 hours ago. Yeah. And <clears throat> you know, it, I'm sure by the time I got home, all the planes had been grounded and you know, the four planes had crashed, but I do remember, um, knowing that there was that when that fourth plane was still out there for a while, remember there was a, yeah. there was a period of time where they were trying to get <clears throat> all the planes grounded and, there were, they knew there was one that they couldn't get in contact with, and that one was in our area. Yeah. And the eerie, creepy feeling that I had knowing it flew right over us. Mm -hmm. Like, ugh, that was yeah. horrible. Yeah, and um, you know, even when that last plane finally crashed it was the not knowing and where was mm -hmm. that one heading and you know and i'm i'm still at that time like you know hey you stand in front of the white house you know and it could have been heading that way i think that you know, <laughs> right. the, the timing's a little different but uh, i just remember those were some pretty vivid stop thoughts another vivid thought that i had that moment right when kim first came home and we're debriefing you know how was your day how did you find out that you know we did all that I turned your attention to a VHS tape that I've had for year, decades. And this VHS tape was Orson Welles' Nostradamus. Mm -hmm. And we had watched that yeah. a couple times oh, yeah. prior to 9-11. Yeah, we like that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, and it predicted 
the attacks yeah. on the Twin Towers. Mm -hmm. And I remember her and I saying, you know, at the time, like, you know, hey, you know, there's some stuff in here that's true, but boy, I can't see how that could happen. And seeing how someone was able to attack New York City, you yeah. know, in our in our borders, mm -hmm. doing it that way was wow, how could Nostradamus have predicted that, you know? Yeah. Which it, lends some credence to the, so we got, the, we, I think the next day we got the like, video we tape out see it again. and watched it again. Yeah, what exactly did he say and how yeah. does that line up? And yeah, yeah just crazy, crazy. Um, and, and a couple other things. So the Nostradamus thing was kind of a, a funny thing, but I think as we were watching, watching how people were covered with soot and people were trying to get off the island and trying to get rescued. It was heart-wrenching yes. watching that. Just, you felt so bad. Yeah. And the boats were, like, picking up folks. Yeah, uh, so I was, you know, remembering. Every year I will watch <laughs> all the documentaries. Like, the the one that... And I... And, I watched them, um, you know, it's, it's hard to talk about because it's a tragic event that happened. Um, but to see it in, you know, as a documentary, yeah. you know, and watching what had happened and you just <clears throat> feel those emotions for those people, you know, how scary it was and, you know, your heart goes out for them. But my favorite ones are um, the boat rescue, like just... Watching humanity come together in a time of need, you know, that I think is the heartwarming part of it um, that I like to see when I when I watch those documentaries and just all those boats. So it was like the boat army just yeah. coming to get people because people were stranded on that island. And so that was amazing. And um, how coincidental that that one fire department had a um, videographer, a, a documentary, yeah. Yeah, doc what do you call him, a documentarian, yeah. um, with them at the moment that this happened. And I believe, wasn't he standing outside? Like he was outside and I, I think he caught it on the first plane. camera, the first camera. Yeah. And he was outside for like some gas leak or something they thought was going on and just you know, we always say, talk about the universe and, you know, putting people in the right places, but he just had a, a incredible viewpoint, um, to witness everything that had happened. And so that's incredible footage if you've never seen that. Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I remember asking you later that night, I'm like, you know, do you feel like going back to work? How do you <laughs> feel? And what do you remember about how you felt that that night i i do remember feeling scared for a while right. um you know at first it was the not knowing you know because it just felt like you never knew when it was going to be over because it was like what's next because more things kept happening happening and happening you know so then it when it seemed like okay there weren't any more immediate attacks well gosh are we at war now because we didn't know who had who had done it you know and if it was, you know, was it a country that we're going to go to war with? You know, right. that was scary. Um, yeah, it was it was nerve wracking. Plus, during that time, you know, again, remember, Kim's a school teacher. Either the next mm. day, you know, or the day after we started hearing things like they're shooting. They're going to be, you know, they're hearing chatter about shootings at the mall and people going to school and shooting children. I mean, 
And then yep. a few months later, or maybe a month later, there was that whole anthrax scare. So, I mean, there was a lot of stuff being said during that time to, you know, really, I mean, it was almost shelter in place. Yeah, you know? they were monitoring um, threats, yes, right? And right. like, it was before those official threat levels came out. Mm-hmm. That's what came out of this. Yeah, yeah. One, of those, one of those things, but, mm-hmm. you know, they weren't sure. So they were just, you know, they had pretty much, you know, they locked down the travel aspect and all of that. So then they're like, well, where's our next weakest area? Well, it's going to be big public you know, places, right. so, and are where our uh, most vulnerable people are. So, yeah, that was, that was nerve-wracking nerve <laughs> for a while, you know, and then it got weird mm. because when they uh, grounded all the flights, I remember, and I, I don't know if you pointed it out to me, because I'm kind of, I can be oblivious to things sometimes, you know, just go about <laughs> my day, but you're like, look at the sky, like there's, there were no trails, no streaks, right? Yep. Um, just clear blue skies and it was just weird. And I was still that, cause that hit me. Um, you know, I checked the sky and just, you know, mm-hmm. everything's normal. <laughs> yeah. And it's, you know, I, I guess, and I, I agree. I mean, that was one thing that, you know, we could look up in our backyard and, you know, we're kind of on a, uh, our airport's 50 miles away. So it's, yeah. it's a, it's a path that they come in so we see those all the time and there was nothing nothing was weird for for weeks it seemed seemed like it was a long time yeah but it was um you know and at this point in my career um i did a little bit of travel some airplane travel but not a lot um you know i kind of got into sales a couple years after and then started traveling a lot but you know i did a little bit would visit some customers you know um on different uh aspect of my job but um you know, I remember, <laughs> I remember people telling a little bit of 9-11 stories about how people were actually um, stranded places. I mean, they were literally stranding people yeah. in, you know, different countries. I mean, you, they just landed where they were. I mean, it was neither where they took off or where their destination was. You just landed immediately. And these people were trying to find ways to get home, you know. So that was kind of weird for a week as well. The, the one last thing I'll say about the president at this time, you know, I know we didn't talk about this, but I just thought about it. Mm-hmm. I think the day or two after when he went down to um, mm, the flag, the, yeah, and he actually got on the bullhorn, you know, and said, mm-hmm. you know, hey, we're going to find out who did this and they're going to hear from us or however that was. I'm paraphrasing, of course, but, um, you know, whatever he said, I thought that was another it was a very thing. inspirational yeah. speech. Yeah. And for me, um, you know, I wasn't a big George Bush fan prior to that, no, you know, uh, not getting into <laughs> politics, but, you know, I wasn't a huge fan prior to that. But after that, I gained a lot of respect for how he handled this situation because it could have went either way. Mm-hmm. And I, I think he really did a good job in bringing a lot of people together and starting to feel a little secure i didn't like the war aspect you know but i knew it was inevitable but um you know i knew that he he had it he had it under control yep so with all that you know i mean again that's 22 years later that's our little story about how that happened but i guess now that you look back on it how do you feel kind of 22 years later and what what is different because Mm -hmm. of that and you know what are your thoughts on that Um, well, I'm so thankful you were not traveling back at that time. Like I just, now that I have lived 
as a wife of a businessman who travels like that, looking at it through that perspective from those poor women who got those phone calls from um, their husbands that day, you know, and I, I mean, I've been all over this footage. I think I've listened to all the 911 calls. Mm -hmm. I've, you know, it's just, it's just an interest of mine. Um, so that's one thing. So I'm thankful for that. And, you know, that's <clears throat> gives me caution today. You know? <laughs> today, that's why I try to, you know, I like traveling with you whenever I can. Yeah. We don't want like to be separated. Yep. Um, and, you know, just this was for me, like, I feel like every generation or different people have that like pivotal moment in history that where were you know where you were mm. when type moment you know I wasn't alive for JFK um I wasn't in a classroom that was watching the space shuttle when that whole thing happened um um this was the most um poignant you know moment that had a huge impact on me just being where I was and the responsibility of the kids that I was with because, you know, when those kids came in the next day, you know, that was a, a big topic to handle too. Um, yeah. So, well, and you know, you mentioned the, the shuttle and you know, the JFK and all that. I do remember where I was when the shuttle exploded. I was actually playing college basketball at the time and we mm. heard it on a radio in our van going from the hotel to a game. And I didn't know how to, to feel about that. You know, I was like, should we be playing this game? You know? And, um, yeah. I remember some of my, uh, um, teammates were like, you know, I don't know if we should play. And, you know, and they're like, no, we should. And we went, we ended up playing the game, but I remember there was a long moment of silence before our game. Like, yeah. Like extremely long. So I remember that one because it kind of was at an impasse in a couple things in my life at the time. This, I clearly remember, um, for many reasons, where I was, of course, because we were a young family at the time. And I had two kids. We had two kids that I, I had that sense of fear, like, I got to go get them. Like, it was, I, I'm sure they were safe, but I had to go get them. And uh, I had to make sure Kim was safe, too, you know. And um, that was just a crazy feeling, something that really was just percolating in me at the time. Mm -hmm. And you don't want that moment for them. Cause like they mm -hmm. don't, they don't remember it at all. Mm -hmm. They were three and two and they hear us talk about it all the time. And I think we've watched some documentaries with them and, you know, it blows their mind that that happened, but it just doesn't impact them the same way because it didn't really affect them directly right. at that time. But they oof, weren't old I enough to remember, you know, the pandemic right, is probably the biggest thing for them so far right um, and you know I think for you as a teacher you know if you talk about a you know seminal moments you know things that you remember things that stick with you I know you've made a lot of reference to Columbine you know that that because you are a teacher and that was like the first really big yeah I said those are the two moments yeah. historical moments um that impacted me in my lifetime yeah yeah yep. So, that, I, you know, I remember where I was those two days. <laughs> um, the other, the other thing, um, is just, I already spoke about how the first responders and humanity and, you know, just people dropping everything. Um, I was listening to, uh, 
a news broadcast earlier today and just how every medical person in New York City, no matter who they were, where they were, like just drop everything, report to where you're at. They didn't have to get told to do that. They just did it. You know, I'm sure the same with the fire department, those people on the boats, you know, that's that, you know, good um, humanitarian effort that, you know, is heartwarming to me. And there was a book um, I actually read um, a few years. I don't know when they published it exactly, but it was called Love, Greg, and Lauren. Mm -hmm. And it was um, the wife, Lauren, was actually outside of the World Trade Center, but she did work there, and she was there for the first bombing in 93, made it out of that, and she was outside of the towers and got hit by, like, a wheel of the plane or something, like something on fire, a part of the plane um, knocked into her, and she was on fire and had to run to put herself out, and... um, So she was in the hospital for probably a year or more. um, And just, I just, I can't even, reading that book was just, because it was her husband's emails that they basically had published. And just him informing family of her condition every step of the way. But at the very end... Um, the last one was from her. So it was just such a (laughs) motivational story of, you know, overcoming something like that and survival. survival, Yeah. So I think one of the big things that hit me in the moment and still to this day, we kind of talk about it. I think the, the most impactful thing that I saw on that day was the, the unknown and the hurt of all the people who posted those missing, uh, family member, you know, yeah. signs on like posts. They were everywhere. Walk, everywhere. And it was like, you couldn't see a camera shot in New York no. without just miles and miles, it seemed, of these missing person posters mm-hmm. everywhere. And some of them handwritten, some of them, you know, done professionally, but just the handwritten ones, I mean, just tore me up, you know, that will always be burned in my memory. And then just the dazed and confused and lost look of the people who made it out of when the towers fell and just them, you know, how they were covered in soot and just what just happened to me, you know, that was, those are the two things that probably, and, you know, looking back some, 22 years now, you know, I travel a lot, right? You know, so I'm constantly on the road. And um, the amount of security that we have to do Mm -hmm. is, you know, warranted. I'd rather go on a plane feeling safe than, you know, so if I have to get to the airport an hour early, I'm all for it, right? You know, and things really started tightening up, you know, before, you know, you could bring a tube of toothpaste now it has to be this big you know you would keep your shoes on you have to take your shoes off because the shoe bomber you know and all these things that changed um you know because of 9-11 which I think is perfectly fine I'm okay with it I think it was inconvenient at first because we didn't know how to act and react immediately right you just went to the airport 15 minutes before you ran through did the oj simpson thing and, and you got on the plane go in and see you and off and now go you gotta have a ticket yeah, to get past just to get past security there, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so i mean all that you know kind of changed i do have one 
funny little story that a colleague of mine told me who was actually um, grounded on 9-11. So this is not my story, but um, a colleague of mine was um, supposed to fly out and um, actually had just boarded a plane in Cleveland and mm. they had to deplane. They didn't know why, but they had to deplane. And then they were just everybody was told to go home. That all planes were being grounded and they had to go home. Wow. And um, <clears throat> so they were absolutely like ecstatic that they weren't, you know, <laughs> flying somewhere, got grounded and tried to find a way to come back home. So didn't actually take off. Um, it was many months because, you know, air travel started again within a couple weeks, but it was many months before I think a lot of business people were like, all right, I got to get back willing on the plane. Willing to get yeah, back out there. Yeah, willing to get back out uh -huh. there. So um, I remember this colleague telling me that was leaving out of Cleveland uh, a few months later and uh, was going on a trip. And um, it was actually early in the morning, so it might have still been kind of dark out, you know, so all the shades were down and everything. Uh, the plane takes off and there's a boom. Everybody on the plane starts freaking out. You know, and people are like, we're going to die, and there's a terrorist, and, you know. And, uh, and it was all, like that for a while. Oh, yeah, I mean, and all those I, feelings, I would have probably been mm -hmm. running up and down the aisles with my hair on fire, too, you know. Well, somebody on the plane sitting a couple rows up from my colleague opened up the window. The shade. The, the shade, window shade, the window shade, and saw that the engine was like, cherry red like not on fire but you knew something happened in the engine and he turns around and says everybody shut up it's not a bomb it's not a terrorist our engine's on fire and, <laughs> and people were relieved and, and that's the less of three evils right you know like hey our engine's on it's fire it's just the engine on fire <laughs> yeah so they end up turning around and coming back landed safely and he's like I couldn't fly for a year after that. Oh, that's you know, crazy. I just because the whole 9-11 thing, I took everything in my power to get on a plane again. And then I get on a plane and that happens and thinking it was hijacked or thinking it was a bomb, you know, and still just terrifying, terrifying. So, he, you know, I, I just thought it was a relatable story to this mm -hmm. because uh, I still tell that story uh, occasionally, you know. Well, it does <laughs> show the I mean, there was apprehension about mm -hmm. so many things you yeah. know, because of that. And that's 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 the terror that yeah. that invokes, you know. And I think for us, you know, this is this podcast is our memoir. Yes. Right. So mm -hmm. we wanted to share some of our thoughts. We would love to hear what are your thoughts? What are maybe some of your memories? Yeah. Of, where were you? On where were you? Exactly. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, you know, during this time and this will probably post on 9-11. So we're doing this a couple That's days. That's the goal. Early. Yeah. We're trying to get it out for that. And to our kids, it, when they see this, you know, when you were two and three with us back at that time, we were shielding you from it. So I didn't want them. I just remember right now not wanting them to, you know, see us upset or scared mm -hmm. or anything like that. So. But when they went to bed, yeah, we were scared. We got them tucked <laughs> away and, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and then continued watching. But, yeah, so this has been, you know, our special memoir on a memorable memorable day you know in the united states history so um we're not quite sure yet what our next episode will be on we have a few other topics that we're thinking about discussing so 
We hope you will give us feedback. Like you said, tell us where you were or what your 9-11 story is in the comments. And maybe I'll put something in our community post also. So we will see you on our next episode. And we'll see you then. Bye. Bye.